for the next two weeks, I've got something really excited lined up for us. I believe God is really going to stir our hearts, uh, even as He, uh, as we dive into the next part of our word. You know, but but hey, I don't know if you if you if you agree with me on this. We all started this year with a lot of hope and with a lot of expectations to venture out uh, and, and explore something new and hoping to do some great things as well. Are you guys with me on that? I don't know what your bucket list looked like. I don't know what your to-do for 2020 was. I don't know what your planner looked like for 2020. But I think all of us are in this phase right now where we are recalibrating and, and we are re-evaluating every decision that, that we wanted to do, right? I mean, I mean, for once, we, we were so excited that when Zelle started 2020, we, we were so excited about doing a whole bunch of new things, uh, loads of activities and, and great things to build this community together. But now things look so different. Things look so different. And, and as we're going through these tough times, there's so many uncertainties and unsureties of how life is going to look as we move forward. But then, hey, as Christ followers, we are called to live and to thrive in every season of our lives. Do you believe that? If you believe that, come on, why don't you put it out in the chat? If that's a yes for you, we are called to live. We are not just called to exist. We are called to live and thrive in every season of our life. And, and with that in mind, I want to remind you of our promise for this year. If you, if you have been attending our physical gatherings when we, when we started 2020, I hope you still remember that promise. If you, if you know that, put it out there in the chat window or say it wherever you are. This is the year for us to flourish. You remember that one, Zealous? This is the year for us to flourish. And, and if, you've, if you have not heard this or if you're hearing this for the, after a long time, you've forgotten about it, I want to remind you what God wants to speak over your life for this year. So, so receive it right now. This is what the Word of God says. The righteous shall flourish, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. I hope you receive that word over your life right now. But, but as much as we get excited about this, what does experiencing this promise look like for you and for me today? In the times that we are in, what does it mean to flourish? What does it mean to experience this, this promise that God has given to you and me in the current scenario? When there's so much of chaos, there's, there's so many troubled and, and weary hearts, and there's no definite solution. What does it look like? I want to speak to you in these two-part conversations uh, the, for, for this week and the coming Sunday on this topic the surety in the unsureties. The surety in the unsureties. See, one side, we have these God-sized promises. And on the other side are the realities of life. And, and now is this pandemic. Well, I don't know about you, but, but th there is... There was, a, 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 there, there was a similar situation in the lives of the disciples of Jesus... After he, he, had, he was risen from the dead. 
I want to take us to the book of Acts where we, we will be reading a few verses from. And, and the disciples, they, they, experience, they experience a very emotional or a, or a difficult phase in their lives when, when, when Jesus, after he was risen from the dead, he spent about 40 days with them, helping them understand the truth and the principles and know more about the kingdom of God. But at the end of that was a time where he was taken up into heaven and, and the disciples were there to, to witness that with their own eyes. And the, the crazy part about it, right, when after losing hope and scattering around, scattering around in fear during the crucifixion experience of Jesus, it was an encounter with the resurrected Christ that restored the faith of the disciples. See, all of them had gathered some good courage and hope after their multiple conversations and encounters with the resurrected Christ. But now that Jesus had gone up, uh, it, it, he was taken up into, into heaven and he was gone and he was no longer physically present with them. All that was left with the disciples was, their me was the precious memories and the teachings that Jesus had taught his disciples. But, but something is different about, about the disciples this time. You know, the, at this, but this time, instead of scattering around in worry, they were united in prayer. Instead of running around in fear, they were filled with faith. Let's, let's turn to Acts chapter, chapter 1. And we'll read a few verses just so that you get a background of what we are talking about. We're reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 2 to 5. And this is Luke, you know, recording some of, the, uh, some of the incredible moments of Jesus and his followers after Jesus had risen from the dead. Luke 1, 2 to 5 from the Passion Translation. Just before he ascended into heaven, he left instructions for the apostles he had chosen by the Holy Spirit. After the sufferings of his cross, Jesus appeared alive many times to these same apostles over a 40-day period. Jesus proved to them with many convincing signs that he had been resurrected. During these encounters, he taught them the truths of God's kingdom realm and shared meals with them. I love how verse 4 stands out by itself and shared meals with them. Jesus instructed them, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you have received the gift I told you about, the gift that the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In the same chapter, if you go down and read uh, verses 12 onwards, this is, this is what I want to highlight. This is after Jesus has gone up, he's taken up into heaven, and the disciples are returning back to Jerusalem and, and I want to highlight a particular passage of verse 14, where it ends up by saying, all of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding night and day. I mean, these are the same people who, who, who were nowhere to be found when Jesus was being crucified. At least, if not all of them, most of them had, had, were scared, they had, they, had, they had run away because of what was happening to Christ. But this time, after that, that, after that encounter with the resurrected Christ, after spending those 40 days of, of communion and, and you know, knowing more about Jesus and the kingdom of God, 
there was there was something different about the disciples there was a tangible shift in the spiritual lifestyles of the disciples which was made possible only because of the crisis of crucifixion do you see what i'm getting at i want to ask you this question what's a tangible lifestyle change that you are noticing in your life during these crisis times are you even noticing a spiritual lifestyle change in during these during these times of crisis because that's what we see you know the disciples had upped their game of being a god-centered community after the resurrection experience with Jesus spending more time with god spend understanding about the kingdom of god they devoted themselves to prayer they devoted themselves to a life of prayer and a life of unity there's it's almost like they had a new zeal and a passion and had been that had been ignited in them because they saw the promise of the messiah they saw that the promise it was given about the savior of the whole world come to fulfillment in front of their very own eyes see jesus had spoken about his death and about his resurrection with his disciples multiple times he had those conversations a couple of times and and the disciples were the closest ones to witness the entirety of the promise that came to pass and and while i started off by telling you about the the promise that we have received about about flourishing i want you to know this and know this really well zealous biblical human flourishing has an ingredient involved which cannot be missed out if we are to see experience and enjoy flourishing in every area of our lives. I want you to hear this again. If you want to see, if you want to experience and if you want to enjoy flourishing in your life, you cannot miss out on this ingredient. And 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 also, right? There's a whole bunch of uncertainty and 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 unsurety around us right now. the things that we we had once become so familiar with the things that we had become so dependent upon now we are we are learning or we have learned to do life without them come on if you agree with me why don't you just say a yes or or a thumbs up or whatever if you guys agree with me why don't you put that up in chat let us know i mean i was thinking about this right like how many of you miss the, your your favorite cooks who came and and made some incredible food for you guys while while you were while you were staying you were so caught up with work you were so caught up with your with your work assignments all you had to do is show up in your home and there was hot food ready to be served do you guys miss those in those incredible dishes that was made by your lovely cooks and and the domestic help that you had at home and okay here's here's another one okay i hope i hope this clicks with you guys How many of you thought that in order for your meetings and your and your productive conversations to happen you needed a cafe you needed you needed a space in a cafe and you needed your coffee to get your meetings going remember those moments oh yeah man where are you going yeah, i have a meeting at at this place yeah i have a starbucks catch up at 4 then i have a the another catch up at this and all the i know some of us loved spending our times in cafes doing meetings after meetings and and now what's happening to us i mean the meetings have not gone away the cafes have the cafes have definitely gone out of our life system 
And, and it's crazy that what we thought we depended on certain things so much, all of a sudden we are now getting used to doing life without those things. Anybody misses coffee out there? Anybody misses coffee during their meetings? Or, or are you, con are you the, that category that has conveniently taken coffee out because now all of a sudden it's too much work to brew your own coffee? You know what I'm talking about? So the disciples, the disciples had gotten used to do to do, uh, of, of doing life with Jesus. Their lives were being radically transformed and shaped by everything Jesus did and the path that he had laid out for them. But now, things are looking so different for them. Jesus is no longer physically around them anymore. He, he's, not, he's not there to guide them. He's not there to lead them. So, so what do the disciples do during this time? The disciples knew something very important. And I want, you to, I want you to write this down. I want you to hear this. They knew, they knew something very, very important, very, very profound. Because this was not the first time that they were caught up in a moment like this. You know, during, when Jesus was put on the cross, when he died, and, and during that time before he was resurrected, they experienced something like this where he was gone away from them. But this time, they knew something. What did they know? They knew that... In the unsurety, the promises of God bring surety and hope to thrive. It's in the unsurety, it's in the uncertainty that the promises of God bring the confidence, bring the comfort, bring the peace and bring the surety and the hope for you and me to thrive. Anybody feeling uncertain in, in this in these few weeks or these past few months, anybody feeling like, oh my goodness, I have no idea how things are going to pan out. Anybody feeling, I don't know what to do when, when this next week hits. I want you to hear this tonight. I believe God is up to something in your life and you need to receive this word. You need to hear this out, what the truth of the word of God says. And, and coming back to the life of disciples, the disciples had been given a heads up about the gift of the Holy Spirit by Jesus. See, even before he ascended up to heaven, Jesus spoke to them, gave them enough you know, hints or enough uh, you know, conversations that he had with them about the gift of the Holy Spirit that God the Father had promised them. If you, let's turn to John chapter 14, and we'll read these couple of verses where Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he, and he says this to them. John 14, 16 to 17, Passion Translation. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you as a friend like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and live inside you. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit empowers all the followers of Christ to live according to their true identity and their true purpose. That's what the gift of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And the truth about Jesus and you is that he all, Jesus always wants you to be the best version of God's design and God's purpose for you. And in that same conversation where Jesus is talking with his disciples about the gift of the Holy Spirit, a few verses above that, he also tells them that, hey, 
you know what? You will do greater things. You will do greater things and greater miracles than, than him. I'm not making this up. Let's read. If you read verse 12, this is what it says. So Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. I'll tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. I want you to hear this. Following Christ based on rituals, programs, and just church gathering is, is, is very much different from following Christ by faith. See, if you, if you read the Bible and if you read the, the, the first four books of the New Testament, you'll, you'll know that the crowds that followed Jesus... They followed, the crowds in the Bible followed Jesus for the various miracles and, and the wonders that he did. But the disciples in the Bible, they followed Jesus for who he is. On a completely side note, why do you follow Jesus? Do you know the answer to that question? Why do you follow Jesus? See, the entire movement and the work of Jesus on the outset would have looked like it had come to an end or a standstill because he was not physically there anymore after the resurrection, right? If he, just to give you a context of the, of the historical background after the resurrection, there was, an, there was an unrest, there was an uproar against the disciples of Jesus by the religious leaders of Jerusalem. Their, their Easter celebrations, the Pentecost celebrations or the weekly meetings looked nothing like ours. It was, it was so different. And, and because the religious leaders wanted to put an end to the so-called Jesus movement. But, but, it's, but it's incredible that what humans think of as an end is actually an opportunity for God to start. I want to speak this over somebody listening right now. What humans think of as an end is actually an opportunity for God to start. If you're thinking you've reached your dead end, I want you to check again because there might be a possibility that God is about to start something new in your life. And the book of Acts, it records one of the most historic and epic moments that ignited the move of God. You know, the day of the Pentecost was actually the beginning of a new God movement which is still growing, which is still thriving and flourishing in every sense. And, and it's the person and the gift of the Holy Spirit that makes this Christian life so much more adventurous and worth pursuing. See, the Holy Spirit, guys, is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our wise counselor. He is the one who leads us and guides us in our daily lives. The Holy Spirit is a person with whom you actually have the ability to relate with Him. The gift of the Holy Spirit is intended for you to be more like Jesus. And it is the gift of the Holy Spirit that empowers us for flourishing in every area of our lives. Biblical human flourishing is rooted in a continual dependency and relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear this. Biblical human flourishing is rooted in a continual dependency and relationship with the Holy Spirit. See, as you have been listening to this, as you have been listening to these, to these few ways how the disciples actually grabbed on to the promise 
that Jesus has spoken over their lives. Maybe you have been feeling clueless and helpless. Wondering what the future is going to look like. Because what you thought you knew and, and, and the things that you had become comfortable with are no longer in your grasp. There might also be a possibility that you even feel like some of the disciples, like how they felt, where they abandoned their identity as a Christ follower because of the fear and the uncertainty that had gripped their hearts. And, and the same kind of fear and uncertainty might have gripped your heart. But I also want to remind you that the Jesus that we know, the Jesus that we worship is alive. He is resurrected and he has conquered death. And he wants to set you on a path of flourishing despite how you are feeling or what is happening around us. He wants you to flourish. God desires that you flourish no matter what is happening in or around your life. See, the entire text captured in the book of Acts is a powerful demonstration of the flourishing of the early community of Christ followers who multiplied so rapidly, so beautifully in the midst of their crisis situation, in the midst of it. The disciples grew not just in numbers, but, but also in their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, in, and all of that was out of their daily intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and the authentic bonding between their community. See, the Holy Spirit brings surety, comfort, and counsel when everything around us is falling apart. Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit take His place in your life? Because all the hope, all the love, all the peace, all the joy, all the happiness, and all the faith that you need right now is found in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's found in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's found in your personal, daily, continual relationship with the Holy Spirit. So as I close out, I want to invite you to kickstart, maybe for some of you, to kickstart, maybe for some of you, to renew your relationship with the Holy Spirit in spite of how worried, how hurt, or how scared you might be right now. And if that's you, I want you to make this simple prayer. I don't know where you're watching this from. I don't know where you're tuning in from. I don't know what your situation looks like right now. I don't know if you have been waiting for, for, for certain concrete, solid things to happen in your life because you're surrounded with so many uncertainties and so much of fear, so much of worry, so much of anxiety. Or you have been going smooth. Life is going really smooth for you in spite of what is happening in the globe. But you're missing out on that intimate, daily, continual relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. I want to speak even to you and tell you that if you want to experience biblical human flourishing, it's the Holy Spirit who can make that possible in your life. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.